From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A release of Suicide Basin began Thursday, and Mendenhall Lake's level is rising and expected to crest today at around 9 feet. Greg Spahn is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau. He says there is always a little uncertainty in predicting releases. There's always a little bit of uncertainty there. The water level could rise a little bit higher, it could rise a little bit lower, and the timing could be slightly different as well. Once again, it all depends on just how much water was in the basin at the time and how quickly it's able to discharge underneath the glacier. All things which are very difficult, you know, to uh, forecast ahead of time, especially the um, water, you know, moving underneath the glacier, how fast those tunnels widen, how much water is moving to Mendenhall River. But all in all, right now we have about 9 feet expected as the crest around 10 a.m. Friday. Since 2011, Suicide Basin has released Glacier Lake outburst floods that cause inundation along Mendenhall Lake and the Mendenhall River. A Juneau grand jury has indicted 23-year-old Ben Parson on felony and misdemeanor charges after a standoff with police this week. Parson is charged with unlawful invasion in the first degree, escape in the second degree, and escape in the third degree. He is also charged with criminal mischief in the fifth degree, with damage under $250, and recklessly firing a weapon in the fourth degree. Both are misdemeanors. His arraignment is set for today at 11.30 a.m. at the Diamond Courthouse. A Bethel grand jury has indicted 39-year-old John Jappet on one count of murder in the first degree and two counts of murder in the second degree, one count of burglary in the first, and one count of assault in the third. According to the Alaska Department of Law, the July 6th indictment is based on an incident that occurred in Bethel on the morning of June 29th. Jephet is alleged to have stabbed and killed Paul B. John. If convicted at trial, Jephet faces a sentence of up to 99 years imprisonment. Jephet's bail was set at $250,000 with conditions at his first appearance prior to the indictment. An official says it could be a couple days before fire managers can assess the damage and determine if any structures were lost after winds whipped a blaze burning near the community of Anderson in the interior into a subdivision. The wind-fueled growth of the clear fire Wednesday prompted urgent calls for residents of an area that had been under a long-standing evacuation call to leave if they hadn't already. But the fire operations chief says some people had stayed, complicating work for firefighters. The fire was one of more than 235 actively burning fires in the state. Fires in Alaska have burned an area more than two and a half times the size of Rhode Island. A number of proposals were presented to the Juneau Assembly Finance Committee Wednesday that seek to encourage the development of housing in Juneau. Scott Chambor, Juneau City Planning Manager, proposed extending the property tax abatement ordinance that had been in place since May of last year. The program has developers pay 2.65 mills, the mandatory school contribution tax, rather than the full 10.56. It also only covers the downtown area. To be eligible for the plan, the developer must be planning to add at least four residential units, and they have to either be building a new building or taking over a condemned one. Chambor said, though, that they have received many inquiries about the program, but no one used it. Tax abatements are used by local governments to either provide a financial incentive for the construction or rehabilitation of homes or provide indirect assistance to lower-income households to rehab or maintain their homes. Or, as City Manager Rory Watt put it, You know, what we're really trying to do is nudge projects that are on the edges of reality into reality. And the, the concept here is if we're uncomfortable, maybe you embed a sunset date. 
And maybe you say, we're going to do this for a period of time. And maybe that motivates people. And maybe that gives the assembly a little bit of security and feeling that, you know, there's a little bit of hedge against too much development, which seems a little bit hard to believe might happen. In addressing the shortage of housing, one example Chambord pointed to was the current shortage of housing for workers. So you have a, a, an idea or an option to extend the tax abatement to address affordable and workforce housing shortages. And so the concept is to amend the current tax abatement ordinance to include eligibility of housing development over four units within the entire urban service area. Uh, This supports infill development on land access to water and sewer. And then also, if broadening that concept to larger housing options, consider adding eligibility requirements that the projects must beat 75% or more of density so that the utilized the land use is being uh, utilized properly on that project. Assemblymember Wade Bryson rose concerns that abatement may not be the answer. What are you hearing the most of that is preventing developers? Because I'm not hearing that funding is an issue. Developers have funding. Um, they've got land that they're trying to build on, so they don't need CBJ land, and they're trying to build stuff regardless of tax abatement. Jambor said that in the last number of months, developers have been asking about incentives, which he said the city hasn't been providing for affordable workforce housing. Through the uh, pre-application process and through the day-to-day workings of CDD, um, inevitably when developers come in to talk about their projects, they always follow or end with, and what sort of CBJ incentives are there to help me with this project? And so in the terms of affordable work, force housing incentives borough-wide, we currently don't have anything for those type of projects. The committee ultimately moved to have city staff draft an ordinance to extend current tax abatement to include eligibility of housing developments over four units within the entire urban service area in Juneau, as well as the project being at least 75% of eligible density and the entire ordinance has a sunset date of 10 years. Members also moved to advertise $2 million in funding towards the Round 2 competition of the city's affordable housing fund. Juno Deputy City Manager Robert Barr gave a COVID update during the KINY morning show yesterday. Barr says you can still get vaccinated on Fridays and Wednesdays in the capital city, including those between 6 months and 5 years old. Appointments are still available. You can go to juno.org slash vaccine to sign up for those uh, on Fridays as well as Wednesday mornings still. Um, and uh, they're, they're humming along. So if you need a COVID vaccine or a booster or if you have a newly eligible uh, under five-year-old, uh, you, can, you can go get that done. Barr says a vaccine for the Omicron variant is on the way in the fall. We are now expecting there to be an Omicron-specific vaccine from both Pfizer and Moderna in the fall, probably in the October-November time frame. Barr says the Omicron variant is causing sickness around the globe. Omicron subvariants really continue to be stubbornly persistent. Um, case activity is up globally about 30% over the past two weeks. Again, that's a worldwide number. However, there are tools to fight the virus, he added. COVID's still out there. Um, thankfully, we have good tools uh, to to address it uh, and, and deal with it for the vast majority of the population. Vaccines, highly effective uh, and safe. And then, um, again, keep in mind that we do have treatment options, too. Juno Deputy City Manager Robert Barr.
Denali National Park and Preserve officials say masking will be required for people using federal buildings or riding buses inside the park. The mask mandate takes effect today. The park is instituting the mandate per U.S. Interior Department guidelines, which require masks when COVID-19 community levels reach the high status in the surrounding area. Case levels in boroughs north and south of the park were reported this week as high. Masks covering the nose and mouth were required for everyone over the age of two, regardless of vaccination status. Alaska State Troopers and search teams rescued a hyperthermic man in Equok this week. On Wednesday morning at 9.30, troopers in Dillingham were contacted by the village police officer in Equok, reporting that 72-year-old Evan Chucknuck had walked away from the village of Equok at about 1 p.m. on July 5th. According to the dispatch, search teams were assembled from Ekwok and New Stoyahawk to search the trails between the villages, and Alaska Wildlife Troopers launched in the state Super Cub from Dillingham with a state trooper observer to search via air. At about 3 p.m., the airborne troopers located Chucknuck. An Alaska State Trooper was dropped off to lead ground teams to Chucknuck, who was recovered an hour later, suffering from hypothermia and barely able to walk. Chucknuck was assisted about one half mile to a waiting boat and transported to the village clinic for evaluation. He is expected to recover. Diane Kaplan, president and CEO of the Rasmussen Foundation, has been nominated to serve on the board of directors of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. In June of last year, Senators Murkowski and Sullivan sent a letter to President Joe Biden recommending Kaplan for a position on the board. You can read more about the story under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The top three remaining candidates in the special election to fill Young's unexpired term held a debate last week. Here's Mary Peltola on her thoughts on getting the U.S. economy back on track. I think that the infrastructure bill that was passed was very good for Alaska. I think that it's really important that we pace out those projects and and those investments um, so that we're not overcharging the economy at once, uh, you know, overstimulating the, the economy at once. I believe we need to reduce the federal deficit to take pressure off the money supply. We need to increase minimum wage and index that to the cost of living. I think that's an important piece for working families. Sarah Palin said the president's plan for the public lands need to be stopped. We need to fight and win the battle against, like Biden's, 30 by 30 plan. Again, Biden has uh, set out to lock up 30% of our federal lands by the year 2030. And all that means is uh, Americans will be less and less um, accessible to their natural resources. And we're going to be more and more reliant on dangerous and dirty sources of energy from elsewhere. Other countries are going to own America if we continue down the path that we're going. Uh, This all has to do with inflation and the economy. Uh, We also have to make sure that we fight and win the battle against the Clean Water Act. There are provisions in that act that will prohibit construction projects in Alaska. Nick Bagage says economic problems right now are the responsibility of Congress. I think Congress is directly responsible for the economy going off track in the first place. And it's been, it's been my contention that when you spend at the levels and the rate at which Congress has been spending, inflation is the natural result. 
What we've seen is an accommodative policy from the Federal Reserve, a monetary policy that is detrimental to the nation. As monetary velocity kicked up through the economy, we saw all of this free cash flowing through rapidly, chasing the same fixed number of goods and services. And in those situations, you're going to naturally get an inflationary result. Audio of the debate provided by Anchorage Daily News and C-SPAN. The latest jobless numbers show the nation's unemployment rate stuck at 3.6%. ABC's Jim Ryan says hiring was strong in June. The labor market has so far stood up to the reality of a slowing economy and the possibility of a recession. The country churned out 372,000 new non-farm jobs last month, easily eclipsing most analysts' expectations. For the fourth month in a row, the number of unemployed Americans stood at about 5.9 million. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.